without the saints, without the saints, it will be almost um, impossible to live a consistent life. Let's bow in prayer. Father, as we come together, thank you for all these very important words that comes from you and it defines and develops our character. And the word, Lord, is integrity. It makes sure that we're always on target. There's no excuse. It's unacceptable not to um, exercise it. It's a gift from you. It's an ability from you and an enablement from you. Help us, Lord, just do it. So in our time together, help us to walk through the concepts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we uh, go to our, our, our slide here, we're waiting. Sorry about that. We look at the scripture here, 1 Samuel 13, 14. But now your kingdom shall continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Okay. In our review, we, uh, we're talking about uh, taking a second look at, at integrity. If, if you remember back, we first talked about why did Abraham eat, uh, Adam eat the forbidden fruit? You know, um, it's amazing that uh, this whole idea of him being in the wrong place at the right time, at the wrong time, really, and then Eve did not force that fruit down his mouth. He ate it. He, that was that was his move. That was uh, so Adam uh, lacked integrity in uh, in trusting and obeying God. Why did Abraham lie? And the thing that emanates from that that um, uh, example was the fact that uh, Abraham said, "I thought." It's amazing. Um, the Lord wants us to study and there all these other things and then think on what we're supposed to be doing. Down that's your philosophy? No. <laughs> it says, whatsoever thing that true, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, any virtue, any knowledge, then think on these things. Our thoughts should be based on data. And if we don't have the data, then your, your thoughts are are, it's like dust in the sky. Let's put it down to what it really is. What are your thoughts? Because you are the product. We are the product of our thought life. And if we're thinking wrong, we're going to act wrong. That's the reason that Abraham lied. Um, he said, well, it's not really a lie. Listen, you lied to the man. The intention was to lie. Because you didn't trust the people. Abraham, please. So we come to another uh, aspect of in integrity. Uh, and that is, what was God's evaluation of David? We asked this question. There's a unique pattern uh, uh, was presented in each of these men. They all had flaws that had to be addressed in their lives. So 
How is it that David can have a flaw and he's still considered a man after God's own heart? Well, that's what we want to look at this morning as we go forward in his word. We observe uh, Adam being in the wrong place, eating forbidden fruit and blaming the woman and God for this failure. He never explained why he deliberately disobeyed God. Abraham caused the kingdom to be under God's judgment because he assumed, thought, that his environment would be dangerous and he would be killed because of the beauty of Sarah, his wife. Isn't that something? He thought he'll be killed and God promised him he'll be a father of nations. And he said, I was going to die because of the folks I think, because I'm in a rough neighborhood and I might get killed. Uh, that's what happens when your mind is not stayed on the Lord. You start thinking crazy and then you start acting crazy. And it affects, because it's now, it affects others. It affected this king. Although uh, he was not a believer, it affected him. It affected his nation. All because Abraham did this. Watch what you say. And I trust that it's the results of sound thinking. Think before you talk or act. Okay, I, I think you got the idea. So I won't brainwash you on this. Um, integrity uh, functions as, number one, the historian of your past. When you are a person of integrity, you never have to look back and worry that somebody might check you out or say, I knew you when. It's a librarian of your thoughts and actions. Right now, writing it out, recording everything you do, think, and say. The stabilizer of your decisions. Does my... Let's look, it's my decisions that I'm making. Am I starting off with integrity before I decide to do it? You don't accidentally become uh, a person of integrity. You grow in having integrity. Uh, when you step outside of the ring, it was a choice. Con integrity control, uh, the, con the control of our emotions. When we know who we serve, and settle in our hearts who we are, then it's going to control our emotional response to our circumstances. When I look at the martyrs um, uh, of, the, uh, of the, those missionaries and what have you, and those who are right now in the various countries going through so much trauma, yet uh, still, uh, they maintain their position. How's your emotion? Don't let Satan cause you to step out the box. The confirmation of your convictions, your integrity reflects who you are in secret. The guardian of your moral and moral and ethical convictions. I mean, this is, in other words, right now, your integrity is writing your story. And if you are a person of great integrity, you won't have to say it. People will validate it. Your enemies might not like it. But sooner or later, they have to respect it. At least they know where you are. See, So I trust that um, I think about the senator who's up right now because his integrity is on the line. 
And uh, and so they're, they're asking more questions and digging further because you see, when you cause this to happen, people begin to doubt you and what you say. Remember, perception affects reception. So if I uh, perceive that you're not a person of integrity, I won't trust you. Okay. Okay. Well, we got that. I um, will be putting a, a couple of things here, but we did this last week. Integrity is designed to operate inside of God-ordained boundaries. And that's the last time we met, we talked about the fact that uh, this is not my responsibility. Other people's words, that outer circle, other people's mistakes, other people's belief, the consequences of other people's actions, other people's actions, other people's opinion, other people's ideas. Understand, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our home is laid up way on beyond the blue. And the Lord beckoned me from heaven's open door, and I can't go home in this world anymore. I'm not responsible for what you think, but I'm solely responsible for who I am, how I think, and what I do. Please personalize that. That's why we have the inner circle. This is my responsibility. This is integrity. My words, my behavior, my actions, my efforts, my mistakes, my ideas, and the consequences of my ideas. That's why if you have an idea, and in our board meetings, we, um, we have a thing called ducks. You have an idea, Throw the duck up, but each board member have an invisible gun that they can shoot it down. But it's just an idea. An idea is not a plan. It's an idea. It's a thought, you see. Uh, but a lot of times, if that's not clear, you can violate your level of integrity based on what you want. I believe if Adam was here, he would probably say, you know what? The idea that I had, I mean, I knew that I could name the animals and all the other things, but you know, I, I was listening and really I was thinking personally, there, there gotta be more to this. I have an idea. I'll bite of the fruit. Maybe that'll make a difference. When he did, it changed the world. And guess what? God knows each one of our thoughts are far off. That's why it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He won't put you down. This is a crazy thought. Acknowledge him. He'll straighten it out. He's a God. I think you got the idea. So we'll just move on from our review. This morning, let us address the question, what was God's evaluation of David? Let us consider three things that are important in answering this question. The purpose of God's choice, the profile of David, the principle that we must follow. First, we see the, the purpose of God's choice, I think, will be the first thing that we need to look at as we uh, go to our next slide. First Samuel 13, 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart 
and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. We are observing a king who has been given his pink slip. God had permitted uh, the people to choose their king. And from the outside, he was tall, handsome, and appealing, uh, appealing replacement to God's method of leadership. Israel wanted their own kind, just like the other nations. And they were excited to be introduced to Saul, their first king, handsome, tall. He got all of the outside trimmings, but we're looking for integrity. And he proved that he was not a man of integrity. Saul proved to be fearful, disobedient, jealous, jealous, rash, indecisive. How do you know he's indecisive? When he was in a real conflict, instead of praying, and uh, it seemed like that was cut off, he went to the witch of Endor. And even the witch said, you know, you, I know that you usually kill folks like me. And he said, no, don't worry about it. Just tell me what you think. Boy, he lacked the spiritual requirements to lead God's chosen people effectively, to move them to the next level. God had a plan for the people. He chose, chose this person. He let this person uh, 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 take place. But this is an introduction, though. This is an introduction to the whole idea of what a real king is all about. So what the people had from the outside, the Lord wanted to show from the inside. No, a real king worked from the inside out. And so this is what we see here. God had no problem rejecting a person whose heart is not aligned with his will. It's a clear sign of a lack of respect and integrity. You, matter of fact, when you look at uh, Revelation and, and the churches there, and the Lord says, I know your works, you know, the church of Pergamon, uh, Pergamon, he looked at them and he said, I, I know what, what's, what's going on there. He said, but you know what? I have something against you. Church of Laodicea, you know, you think you have everything, but you're blind and naked. Oh, the Lord is looking for a quality quality. God's requirements are clear and must be received and obeyed at all times. Outline that in your thinking. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his statue because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Here is an ongoing principle. Man looks on the outer appearance but here's that conjuncture with a function. The Lord looks on the heart. This is a, a, a common principle. Folks look at you if you're well dressed and everything else, and uh, you're very articulate and you smile and you seem like you have a good personality. They'll receive you compared to a person who's, who's stutter, stuttering and stumbling, and they come into your, your presence. And you look at this person, you look at that individual, and you immediately make a decision. Wrong. The person who was stumbling and can hardly speak was having one of their uh, diabetic setbacks. And, um, and they're trying to communicate it. This other person, 
was wicked in heart. Don't go by their outer appearance, God says. Don't judge a person by their outer appearance. Look at their hearts. That's what God is doing. Verse 7 to 16, 10. And Jesse had made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. He really had eight. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Now, just to give you a kind of feeling, he had all, I mean, good looking guys, um, very capable. And, uh, and Jesse probably said, this is one? Nope. Didn't, nope. Seven of them. The Lord said, nope, don't have, none of them qualify. Because I'm not looking on their outer appearance, how tall they are, how good looking they are. I've got some good looking boys, but they are not what God wants. Don't worry about your looks. You don't have to outwardly dress to be accepted by God. He already accepted you a long time ago. Then Samuel said to Jesse, all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. But, hear that word? Behold, he is keeping the sheep. Now, that's one of the lowest class jobs you can have. He's out there keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, uh, send and get him. But we will not sit down till he comes here. And he went and brought him in. Now, he was a ruddy uh, and beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise and not him, for this is he. So here, David shows up. Here's a list of four things uh, uh, said about David. First, his appearance. He was ruddy, and that's healthy looking, glowing, you know. Boy, <laughs> uh, coming off the field, I mean, man, rugged. Beautiful eyes. Uh, now, this is the Bible describing him. He was handsome. So we see that when the Lord puts a king in, he can put in one just as good, even better. Uh, beautiful eyes, handsome. It doesn't say that he was tall, but uh, hey, uh, this is the Lord's choice. This is his appearance. His acceptance. And the Lord said, arise Unknown him, for this is he. God always had the right person in the right place for the right purpose. And although we may not know the history and everything else, when God put a person in a position, recognize that it's from the Lord. That's why you have to do your homework when it comes down to the pasture and everything else. Make sure you have the right person in place. Either they convey the desire of God's heart or they'll go by their agenda. Then we look at his anointing. Two things immediately happened. Physically, he was anointed by Samuel. Spiritually, the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Do you see the thing that's happening here in two realms? One, you see the physical realm. Then you see the uh, spiritual realm. Both of them are very important, very important. And God always works from the inside out, where you are, how you walk, walk with him. And so, so the Lord says, this is the one. Uh, God chose David. 
and God chose both you and me. God chose David to lead his people. God chose you and me to live among God's, God's uh, people, to be an example to the world. May we be those people who, who have this high level of integrity. So, of course, we have to examine him, but I think this is important. Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. David from that day forward and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Samuel did his job. He anointed, now notice what it says, he then Samuel took out the oil of anointing and he anointed him in front of all his brothers, all his brothers. Uh, I, I can imagine, he didn't immediately become king, uh, but I can imagine uh, some of the rough talking to him when he went to, to seek out their well-being in a war zone situation. But, um, but he kind of already anointed him and God's hand was upon him. Let me if God be for us, who could be against us? And I like the word, from that day forward, when God chose you and anointed you with the Holy Spirit, you were placed into the family, sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your instructor, your, your paraclete, one who walks alongside of you. You can rest assured that anything you do in the Lord will have a favorable outcome at the end of the story. Now, don't get discouraged in the middle of the story when things get bad. But this is David. And, uh, and so we further look at this analysis of David. His admirable profile. Let us consider a snapshot of David's uh, life. He was a man of integrity. He was, he was merciful. He was a worshiper of God. We, we look at these things and uh, say, praise the Lord. Uh, this man really loved the Lord. Yeah, these are some of the things. I think I have a few others on. Let's go click to the next uh, slide there. Um, he was an excellent warrior. He was a good administrator. He was God, the God anointed king of Israel. He was an excellent musician and songwriter. God did not just pull anybody off the street to put him over a people that he had chosen to do a great work. David had all the ingredients of being a good king. All he needed was being in the will of God. All of us have all of the ingredients of being more than conquerors through him that love us. We are the ingredients of impacting lives. We have the package. All we have to do is unpack it as we walk before the Lord. Now, these are the four admirable things about David. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out some of the other areas. But first, let's look at this integrity thing. Here, I hope, is a teachable moment for us to remember. God's selection does not necessarily mean immediate perfection. One more time. 
God's selection does not necessarily mean immediate perfection. You know it and I know it personally. Okay, we are in a position of, of, perfect, of perfection, but functionally, uh, we need to work that out. This diagram displays the profile of God's ultimate plan for our lives. If it's too small for your screens, I'm going to read it out. Let's start from the top going down to my right. When we talk about integrity, integrity requires these six things. Honesty. And ask your question. Uh, ask yourself the question. Am I honest in all that I do? Trust. Am I a person to be trust? Above all, am I a trusting purpose person when it comes down to God? Now, you, only you can answer that. Are you, are you trusting God in those lean times when you can't see? <laughs> Take in mind the Lord purpose that you couldn't see. So you learn how to trust him. It, it enhances and gives substance to our heart. So be honest, trust, be fair. There's a time that we need to be fair. Um, to give a person a chance to think, give a person a, a chance to explain themselves. To be fair, showing fairness, uh, throws out prejudice. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, being fair, uh, look for uh, a balance. That word itself is a sermon within itself. Respect. There's never a time when we disrespect a person. Um, there was a time, and I now I have to refer to good old days, that when you showed the men, when you uh, they showed respect, when you enter into a building, you take your hat off. Uh, now they wear the hats and everything else, and um, th there's no respect. Oh, but when you get up into uh, um, for the audience, when you become really famous, I mean, like uh, in the political realm, uh, you don't walk into a meeting with your hat on. Everybody knows that. You have to respect the office and the position. Respect who you are in Christ so people will be free to respect you. Perception affects reception. Be respectful. Uh, people now will receive what you're getting ready to say. You might not like what the person is saying, but still respect them. Oh, I mean, if we just took that, take that and show you how in David's life, how he showed respect for, for, for Saul. And the, and the long and all the verses that was connected when they told him that, that Saul was dead. The Saul who, who chased him for years had him on the run, wanted to kill him, threw a javelin at him, to pin him to the wall. All these things Saul did to put him down. When Saul died, so you saw that um, um, David. He mourned Saul. And he talks about the tree that has fallen. And he mourned a man who wanted to kill him. Now that's 
respect. And that shows depth of character. If you do not have depth of character, you won't be honest, you won't be trustworthy, you won't be fair, and you lack respect. Something else, responsibility. Taking responsibility. Because David, we know the life of David and all the things that happened to thee, to him. But in Psalm said, against thee and thee alone, O Lord, have I sinned. He didn't say, Lord, I know I killed Uriah. I, Lord, I, I uh, took his wife and lust after her. And, and now that uh, the child, and of course the child uh, that, that's on his way, Lord, I tried to cover it up. He didn't try to cover up anything. And he said, Lord, before it was the physical, the first thing I, I take responsibility is that against you and you alone have I sinned. That's why all these things happen. There's a lot of things that's happening in our lives because we didn't put God first. And how many times God says, put me first. There's a lot of things we're grieving over because we chose not to put God first. Then we want people to pray, pray for me. The first I want to ask, have you confessed it to the Lord? Not yet. I'm getting around to it. Okay. And when you do, then I'll pray for you. I'll pray another way. Lord, get them to the point of confessing their sins. For if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then we see courage. All of these dynamic, dynamics fits David. Integrity requires courage. Courage, is, you, only, you find that courage takes when things are dark and we are challenged, Courage is the thing that God expects us to have. He, God told um, Joshua to be of good courage. You see what type of courage he said? Be of good courage. That type of courage I expect to happen in your life. So I just want to let you know, yet yeah, some great things were said about David. And David was a man of integrity. But having the true picture of David and what he was going through, we have to understand David wasn't all that in the course of his living. Of course, I come up with a list with that too. The question that is still on the table is, why did God choose David? Before we can answer the first question, we need to address the most critical question. Why did God choose you and me? Okay. Um, if we first answer why did God choose us, then... Then we can go back to why did God choose David? None of your business, but uh, why did God choose you? And that God chose you and me before the foundations of the world. But all the times we would mess up and walk in a different direction. God chose us looking at our whole life. When God, whenever God, whatever God does, Ecclesiastes says, it, it is forever. Nothing can be taken away from it, and nothing can be added to it. God chose David. God chose you and me. Don't ever worry about your salvation. Don't listen to Satan's lie. Don't let him get into your head. Answer, to establish and produce favorable results that will glorify himself. Why did God choose uh, David? To establish and produce favorable results that will glorify himself. Why did God choose you and me? to establish and produce favorable results that will glorify him. What type of things is happening right now in our lives, saints? 
Um, well, think about that. The principles that we must follow. Godly integrity is available to those who are his. There are several important steps. Sacrificial living. Sound thinking. Superior service as unto the Lord. Sensitive and structured speech. We'll then look at Colossians 3, 15, 17. So are, are, am I sacrificial in my, in my living? Is my thinking sound? Do I run it through what the Lord says, through the filtering system, whatsoever, true, honor, just, pure, loving, a good report, any virtue, any praise? Do I think in that area? What about how I serve? Understand, if you're not there yet, God already chose you. And he has a purpose to get you to that end. Amen. Submitting to the sovereign word and will of God. 2 Timothy 2.15. Showing the right attitude and praising and worshiping God. Ephesians 5.20. Colossians 1.12. Structured and delivered. Uh, Diligent development of your spiritual growth. That's what we are to, to uh, do just that. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. This whole idea is that we are to grow. And Peter says that if you're doing these things, you'll never stumble. That in the course of your growing, you may fall, fall down, but the Lord enables you to get back up. Praise the Lord for that. Um, one last thing. Developing a life in integrity is time sensitive. Use it to glorify God. Develop character in your spiritual growth and greatly impact the lives of others. So again, it's like, um, like some of the, the medicines that we might take. It says time sensitive. Uh, what happens is they have a time release uh, in some of the medicines. It's not all of a sudden. It's a developing as you walk with the Lord. It becomes more and more solidified, more solid in each one of our lives. That's what God wants in each one of our lives today. Uh, integrity. And we need to ask ourselves, find your mirror on the wall and say, Am I really the person of integrity that God wants in my life? And what will it take? I pray that we as individuals will take a second look at, at integrity and make it a way of life, not a fleeting thought. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, we just uh, thank you for our time. We don't want to overwhelm them with uh, more things than at least walking away with one word, integrity. And then asking the personal question. Not what other folks have done in scripture, not what other folks are doing in the neighborhood, not even what other folks are doing in the church, in my family. The question on the table is, 
Am I a person of integrity? Is that my core value? Does it define me? I pray, Lord, that you will help both me and the CBF family, those who hear my voice, to be committed to being people of integrity. That we requires that we be people of prayer, people of the word, people who are the same at home or in the streets. Matter of fact, a person of integrity, they see each one of our lives as light. And you say, we are the light of the world. And then you said, let it shine. That men may see the good, your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, Lord, we thank you for giving us a new way of living and thinking and acting that you may be glorified. And if there's one Lord who uh, is not in the family yet, they have to admit that they're a sinner. And they have to accept the fact that Jesus Christ is God who came into the flesh and that he uh, died on the cross of Calvary to take on the sins of the whole world. If they confess their sins and ask Christ to be Lord of their lives, asking forgiveness, we know what you do, Lord. You will no wise cast them out. So we pray for them. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. Well, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.